Hey everyone, it's E, and welcome back to a new episode of Midweek Rise Up. I just want to personally apologize. We're an episode behind. Something came up with the family last week, and well, family comes first. So here we are. Today we have an awesome episode in store for you. A few weeks ago, I was so blessed and honored to have a tea hosted by TPUSA Faith called Rise Up, where I had three phenomenal women alongside me on stage, and we really just had some time to dive into the topics of today whether that being faith or just culture and how to be a strong biblical woman in such a messed up world that we're living in right now. And these three women, Eileen Marks, Stephanie Denham, and Rachel Jensen, have all blessed my life in immeasurable ways with their prayer, wisdom, and counsel. And I just have no doubt that what they share in this episode will absolutely bless you as much as it's blessed me. Truly, they are amazing, amazing women. So if you're questioning your role in ministry, if you're questioning whether or not you should take that job, break up with your boyfriend, dive headfirst into a new season of life, if you're trying to hear God's voice, if you're struggling in your marriage or just you want to get married and you can't find your future husband or you want to start a company or you want to become a mom, honestly, this episode is for you. We cover it all. So so just enjoy every second of this episode. Again, it's such a blessing and I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. So let's each of us prepare our heart, clear our mind, and let's jump into the good news Heard from the Rise Up Ministry Tea Gathering, hosted by TPUSA Faith. Shall we pray? Father, thank you for today. I thank you for each lady that's here. And the life that they represent and the sphere of influence that they are over. God, I pray that you'd bless them in a way that only you can. And thank you you've gathered them here today, Lord, to be encouraged, to be strengthened. And I pray... Whatever challenges they're having, Lord, they would leave here with renewed hope and, uh, Lord, just that eternal strength that you love them and you're with them. Thank you for the panel that's going to come up and share. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, I'd say I'd stay around, but it's a lot of estrogen in this house, so I'm probably going probably gonna to be outside with my dog. Uh, but you guys, let's welcome Erica Kirk. Come on up. God bless you. Thank you again. We're just going to have all of our panelists come up here. Thank you all so much for being here. I know that you know times are crazy right now, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time out of your wild and crazy busy schedule to be here and to just hear from these amazing women who have all individually impacted my life over the course of several years, um, but also to just thank you for being a part of the Turning Point USA family. It has been an absolute honor to witness the way that God has used my husband to be able to cultivate not only an organization that is defending Western civilization, but also standing up for biblical truth. And it's been an honor to be able to see the strong men and women who have been involved with Young, women, Young Women's Leadership Summit. Um, we have our Turning Point, TP Faith, Turning Point Academy, 
And all of it has been so wild and incredible to witness. And again, I just wanna thank you all for being here and I wanna encourage you all to continue to be still in the middle of all of this organized chaos that's going on and how the enemy is trying to take a foothold in all of our lives. I just wanna encourage you to make sure that you're staying rooted in the word. And I also wanna encourage you all to continue to build alongside of your partners and your husband and the ministry work that you're doing because what you're doing is extremely important and what you're building for the kingdom right now is a legacy that is going to live on for way past our short time here on earth. So I just want to encourage you and to keep you guys just, I'm going to keep you guys in my prayers, but I just want to keep you guys in our family here. And if you guys want to get plugged in to TP Faith, um, it's an incredible way to be able to make sure that your church has the proper resources to battle what's going on in the culture right now so that we can all stand in lockstep and know that this is the truth and we're not going to waver from it. And it's, it's powerful to be able to do that in numbers rather than individually. So again, the women that are here, feel free to connect and stay connected with them uh, so that you guys can just continue to empower and encourage one another. But today I am so honored to be with these beautiful women. They have, again, inspired me, but also have prayed with me, have been through a lot <laughs> with me, but they've also, excuse me, have been through a lot themselves. And that, I think, is what's so empowering, is that Charlie and I have been to so many churches since 2020 and prior, but mostly since 2020, and we have seen healthy churches, and we have seen not-so-healthy churches. And the one thing that I have noticed that's in common with the healthy churches is the amazing, God-fearing woman that is standing alongside her husband. She's not standing in front of her husband, She's not standing behind, but she's the helper. And she's guarding the territory that God has entrusted in her, which is her home and her ministry with the church, or even her ministry outside of the church. And that has been the most impactful thing that I have seen after seeing all of these churches that are either going way far the wrong direction in the culture, and if, if, you, if you look like the world, you're not gonna change the world. And it's been amazing to be able to see how these, these wives, they're not only staying in the word, but they're also listening and reading about what's going on in the world to be able to then pray for their husbands, to be able to help with the children's ministry, to be able to help with the women's ministry, and just be able to keep the church healthy from that standpoint. So again, thank you guys for being here. I'm so, so thankful, and we're just going to kick it off. I would love if each and every one of you could just introduce yourself one by one, and then also share uh, just a quick SparkNotes version of yourself, and then um, we'll continue to dive in from there. Well, hello, and Erica, thank you. I'm honored to be here with you, you ladies, and as well as you ladies. So my name's Eileen Marks, and my husband and I um, are just now celebrating 20 years of our ministry that we started for youth. Um, and at that time, 20 years ago, there were over 250,000 children locked up and incarcerated. And we felt like that's where God had us start. And from that, we grew into a ministry that was working with people who've been traumatized. And as we look around the room, trauma is not just for people who are in the military, but it's people of all walks of life. So God really had us in this realm. And with that, um, God called us over to do work in Iraq. 
and that has been a crazy ride, but in 2017, do you remember ISIS? How many of you remember ISIS? So in, at the end of 2014, ISIS was doing amazing propaganda to instill fear in their people, but also here in the United States. Do you remember? They were showing images of horrible things. Well, God told us to go over there during that time and to help young women who had been captured and held by ISIS. Now that they're free, they were taking their lives because of the horrible things they had experienced. So since 2015, we have been over there and working with women and children, and our ministry continues not just over in Iraq, but Cambodia and the southern states and Syria, even we're in Syria. So, you know, our God, our God came to set people free and it's all over the world. And that is one thing that we love to participate with him in, and not only there, but here. So I'm, I'm just, if, if you want to know more about that, it's all things possible or victormarks.com if you want to find out more about that. Well, like Eileen, Erica, thank you. I'm beyond honored to be here with you and you ladies and all of you who have gathered and I've been praying for you and it's, it's really a joy to see all of your faces. Um, my name is Stephanie Denham, and my husband is the pastor of Rise Church in San Marcos, California. Um, my husband and I have been married almost 37 years and have spent all of that time in marriage in ministry. My husband was the college and career pastor at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa under Chuck Smith, Pastor Chuck Smith, um, when we were married. And shortly after we were married and had our firstborn baby, he took a senior pastor position up at a Calvary Chapel up in Northern California, where we raised our family and were there for 27 years until our baby, who's here in the front, uh, sitting uh, here in the pink, she graduated from high school and the Lord started putting on our heart. It was time for a new season in our lives. So we stepped out and with just open hearts and souls to what the Lord had for us with almost 30 years of ministry at that time under, um, you know, in our hearts and experience. And we did a few little miscellaneous things, and then we took a church plant in San Marcos, California, with a handful of very faithful people. There was about 15 to 20 people that had been praying for a pastor to come and lead. And we stepped out in faith, and we are one of those churches that Charlie often speaks of when you take a stand and do what's right. During COVID, we saw our church explode. And sadly, it exploded because much, much of that explosion was caused because many churches had shut their doors. And so um, we are very honored to have kept our doors open. And my husband would preach the word and comfort um, those who came in. And we welcomed with open arms. And I can tell you after 30 years of ministry that it has been such a joy and honor to watch the Lord build a church from 15 to 20 people to hundreds and hundreds of people. And um, to have a like-mindedness. When the church as a whole can be of one mind, I can, I can say to you it is possible to have an Acts chapter 2 church where you serve the Lord with gladness, with a like-mindedness, and you have healthy, godly priorities with no drama, but just love the Lord and serve him. It is possible. 
and if there is, ever is, we now have tasted what that looks like. And, um, and I'm just, I'm overjoyed to have seen the Lord's faithfulness up front and in, in, in real time, how faithful he is, how the Holy Spirit is faithful. You just keep taking a step at a time, and the Lord will take care of the rest. Oh my, so this is a powerhouse of women who love the Lord, and it's been so fun when I think of Stephanie, just a gentle and quiet spirit, and Eileen, I see such courage, and Erica has such pure love. Uh, it's amazing, I can't believe I was asked to sit here, but I think it's because I've been homeschooling for 14 years, and so I think that's why Erica said, well, you can come up. So um, my name is Rachel Jensen. I um, am a homeschool mom of six children, two who are here today. So uh, Zoe Jensen is 17 and Rebecca who's 13 and so many other wonderful people. So I'm just excited to see what God does in here. I'm so grateful for his Holy Spirit that he's not left us alone. And one thing I found really encouraging this morning is every one of us brought our Bibles, but we didn't coordinate that. So we, we all, I met her husband over breakfast this morning. He goes, are you speaking today? I was like, hmm? And he said, well, you're carrying your Bible with you. And I was like, well, I always carry this with me. It's my sword. you know." Um, and so I just, uh, that, that was an encouragement to my heart. So I know that each one of us has the Holy Spirit inside of us and that we have the Word of God. And so I'm just excited to see what God, what God does this morning, what he teaches us, and what comes about from this conversation. So is that enough information? That is amazing. Okay. I, and I'll start actually with the first question with you, then we'll like swoop back around. So you have done a phenomenal job of raising your children. They are the sweetest humans. I remember meeting them for the first time. Unbelievably polite, the most precious souls. They love the Lord. A lot of women are feeling like they have to choose between raising their kids and not having the ability to homeschool versus having them go to a public school or a Christian school, but that is all falling to the wayside of culture. So as a mom, but also you are also a military wife, so you've been through a lot, and you've also been raised in the political culture because you're family. Mm -hmm. So how would you encourage or share with these moms, young moms, soon-to-be moms, of getting involved with classical conversations, homeschool, or just along those lines to be able to make sure that their kid is well-educated and rooted in the Lord. Sure, absolutely. Well, we have a big God, as I'm sure many of you know that. God is able to do all things for those who love God and are called according to his purposes, like Romans 8.28 says. I was just reading Titus 2 again this morning a few times just to make sure I knew the virtues that God wanted to instill in us and and encourage one another, and that's why we've come out to kind of have that Titus 2 relationship. Um, and so here's the thing. In 14 years of homeschooling, I have seen people be tremendous odds. I have seen several people significantly below the poverty level. I have seen um, s several people who are single parents who have done it with you know, their cousin, and the two moms take turns working and switching shifts so that one can be homeschooling and the other can be working and they take turns that way. I have seen grandmothers take a day. I have seen all kinds. It's kind of where there's a will, there's a way. So I, I um, one, we have a big God. Two, uh, he gives us all the instructions towards life and godliness, and we are to walk in that, and then we're also to train our children, and that's over and over. I mean, we see that. Um, in Titus 2, again, it has this be reminded to be homeward in our orientation. 
Um, and so our children are eternal. They are eternal beings that God has created and he has entrusted them to us. And so I know that, um, funny story, my brother said, what are you gonna do when they're smarter than you in third grade? <laughs> I was like, well, excuse me. I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna teach them that you might have a boss who's not as smart as you, but you still have to do what they say. No, I'm just kidding, that's not what I, that's not what I said. Um, maybe that's what I said. Um, but I, I just, I know the character of our God. I know what he's able to do. I know how important children are. I know how important the next generation is. Uh, I know that God has given us a fellowship with each other and so that we can work together as a team. I have seen people homeschool against insurmountable odds. I've seen divorces take place and so forth, but I've also seen people who just love their children and love the children who are around them and love the children who are entrusted to them. And so I know he's able to do it. We have, there's hundreds of thousands of resources out there. There's tremendous free resources. I am of the school of thought that if you have a Bible, some lined paper and a pencil and a teacher who loves you, you can have a phenomenal education, a phenomenal education. Yeah, it does, you know, it, it, we just need to be faithful. And like I was, um, Stephanie, did you say that each step at a time? Yes, we just, need to, we just need to trust the Lord for what is next. And he will provide all of us. He's given us thousands of mil meals and days and hours. And God continues to care and pour out to his children. And he loves us tremendously. And so I know that... Uh, with a team of people. It doesn't take a lot of money. It just takes a desire to love the Lord and love those who are around you. And he 100% can make a way. And so I would, I would admonish each one of you that if that's what the Lord calls you to do, that there's many scriptures that tell us when we rise up and when we lie down, talk about these things with our children. And that's easier to do when they're right there with you, you know, because there's those teachable moments when you don't know when your kids are going to ask you a question. You don't know when they're going to open up in the car. You don't know when they're curious about this. But if you're together all the time, God uses that, God uses that time. So even though we are not able to do, uh, we are able to do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So even if we have deficits, God does not. He spoke the world into existence. So he is able to uh, use a hand on a wall or a donkey or us, right? Um, if we if we love him and if we obey him so I would I'd be happy to talk to anybody I will stay for as many hours I will be here till Sunday so if anybody wants to talk to me about homeschooling actual practical how to's I would be happy to share any of those I wrote a bunch of books down and have some scriptures so it is it is a strong desire of mine and a passion so if I can encourage anybody in that it would be my joy and delight I chose also these three amazing women because they're phenomenal mothers, and I am encouraged by what they've done with all of their children. But not only that, you guys protect your territory of the household so beautifully in a way that I won't ever be able to articulate, but it's just drenched in God's grace. And so thank you for just everything that you're doing to create the most amazing light bearers that I've been able to meet and cross paths with. Um, Stephanie, backstage, we were talking about how basically there has been a hijack of our covenants, whether that's with the rainbow or marriage, and We're taking it back, taken, reclaim it, reclaim it. And so, what I wanted to ask you to share today um, is, you are phenomenal with the children's ministry that you guys have at your church. How have you noticed over the course of years of being in ministry, but how have you noticed that things have changed within the children that are coming into the church? And also, how are you keeping 
the spirit of joy alive within those children that have been seeing the most bizarre things of our time. What is, what is the, the secret to all of that? Well, we need to live today as women who love Jesus. We need to live faithfully today for the next generation, not only to honor the Lord in our own lives and to, to, to please him, but the next generation needs us. So I, I have, my husband and I have been in ministry, as I said, for many years. I've seen church size, we've at thousands, down to, like I said, beginning a handful of 15. The church that we church, came to church plant didn't even have a children's ministry when we arrived. And it hadn't had a children's ministry for five years. And so we stepped into this and we um, started bare bones. Just, I, I just started teaching the children we had five of them to begin with, to, that we were going to study the Bible, and that, that whatever I taught, because I, I stepped in to lead the children's ministry, my children were all grown up, and I, I came from a place of, in raising our children, that there were very important priorities for me as, as, as I lived out my faith. Number one, God came first, then my husband, then my family, then ministry, and then everything else. And Kay Smith, Pastor Chuck's wife, actually taught me that as a 22-year-old, um, and that has steered my life, and I've kept those in order. And so it has helped me in ministry, and, and so stepping into children's ministry is done because all the, everything was in order, and I could step in. So I could also be that example to the parents, to, to be salt and, 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 a, and a support to the parents as the children came in. So when COVID hit, we had a very small children's ministry. And um, what was happening is children were starting to come and because of their school closures, because the world was different, because everybody was wearing masks, it was just strange. And the hardest hit, in my opinion, were the kindergarten age because they had a little bit of knowledge um, and they knew what was happening, but they still hadn't learned you know, the stability of trusting God and resting, knowing the Lord was caring for them. So it was very important to me that as we started out, we kept the children together. So I had brothers and sisters. So we, we, we would keep the smallest to the oldest. They could sit together. And then we just started out with the Bible. Just like Rachel said, the Bible. If you have the Bible, you can, it's, it's really all you need. There's, there's so much and um, truth and life and so it gave the children hope so to, to speak to joy I wanted the children to come in and have joy and a sense of love and we're going to learn about Jesus and nothing's too hard for Jesus and I just really felt led by the Lord to, to equip them with the beginnings of courage of holding on to truth that they could f find help with God's word from, from the very start. And that's really also reflected my heart as a, as a mom. The Lord, if I kept those priorities, the Lord, my husband, then family, then ministry, never out of order, my children and my husband knew that they came first and I poured into them first. But ministry is important. Every single one of you in this room, God has uniquely gifted. We don't have the same gifts but God wants to use you in a very powerful way for the next generation, whatever that is. It doesn't have to be fancy. 
don't despise the small thing, Zerubbabel, when he went back to rebuild the temple, was discouraged because it wasn't looking like the glory of Solomon's temple. But he was encouraged, don't despise the small thing. And eventually, hundreds of years later, the Lord himself would walk on that foundation. So what you build within your own families, in church ministry, with children, today, they need us. They need us to reflect courage and holding on to the truth so that the covenants, we stand for the covenants of God. And just like Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael, those boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I, don't, I like using their Hebrew names to honor them because Babylon wanted to change their names, to change their identity. And as, as godly women, as women who love Jesus, we have an, identi an identity in Christ, and we keep covenants. And so we can live out godly lives, serving him faithfully in our generation, no matter what color flag is flying on somebody's flagpole. <laughs> we know our loyalty, and we'll serve Jesus all of our days. So Eileen, you and Victor have a, a marriage ministry. And you do a phenomenal job of showing how you can be a very strong female, but also have that beautiful Ephesians 5 marriage where you've let your husband lead, but you're also so strong and you're a phenomenal leader, phenomenal mother, phenomenal businesswoman. Um, how can you encourage us today as women to make sure that we continue to understand our essential role as a wife or as a partner or as a mom or a daughter um, in today's world, but also knowing that our voice is not diminished because we're not the head of, but we're also strong and we also have a purpose and a reason and a mission. But how, do you, how can you encourage us to stay in tune with our spouse and with God and with our ministries all combined into one? That's a great question. And just as a disclaimer, I came from a very liberal family and my father told us, eight children, there's either leaders or followers. And he impressed upon us to be leaders. So I was not a believer until I was 23. I got married at 25. So I had a lot of things I had to work on in my marriage. I had to learn that being second does not mean I'm less than. And this, I mean, the first 10 years of our marriage, we had to work this out. But as a wife, it, it took me 10 years to realize my influence over my husband. We are not in competition, but I felt like I had to compete with him. When I really got this, ladies, my life changed because now I come alongside of my husband. He's called to do something, but I'm called to do something with him. Now, we were fortunate enough to do, I could still work when I wanted to work, because we have five children, and I homeschooled my children the first 10 years, but I was able to work, I was able to do things that I wanted to do, but my husband did not count on me for the income. He knew that was his job. But as women today, ladies, I learned the hard way that the power of my mouth, the power of my words, can either make my husband feel like a quarterback and he can do anything or a water boy. 
And there is something so powerful. I don't think a lot of women who are married today understand it, but there is so much power in your words. There is so much power in the presence, what you present. And even if it's quiet, silence is very loud as well. So I think once we understand, ladies, once we understand this position, we never have to feel like we're second best. We never have to feel like we're second. We're not significant enough because God wants us to be in our home. He wants us to be our husband's partner, our children's mother. The influence we have starts in the home. And I love Nancy Reagan. She goes, I am the emotional caretaker of my husband. Because I care for him in the home, he can care for a nation. That was a powerful woman, wasn't she? But she did not feel diminished. She knew her role, and that's what I would encourage you. If you are married, understand your influence. If you're single, understand your influence before you get married. Mm -hmm. uh, so something that all of you guys have touched on was building and continuing to build of throughout the time we're in this thing the t that we're at is called rise up and i wanted to mix that in with rise up and proclaim because now more than ever proclaiming the truth is viewed as hurtful and is viewed as rude or whatever else name you want to attach to it other than the truth is the truth and yes, it'll set you free, but it's also very loving to speak the truth, even if it hurts someone's feelings. So as we build and as we battle and as we go on through life, how I want to, all of you, I want to address this of being bold enough to when someone challenges you on your faith or your stance on what's going on in culture, how do you go back into yourself and with God alone to be able to recharge and say, okay, Lord, please give me stronger shoulders. There's a lot that's going on. The spiritual warfare is palpable. Please just give me the guidance to be able to continue to build and to continue to rise up and continue to proclaim. So if all of you guys could just touch on within your sphere of influence, which is all very important, how can you encourage us to be able to rise up and to be bold and to keep building and to just continue forward even though some days really challenge the, your heart beating in your chest how how would you encourage i'll start we'll start back down the you want to go that way yes absolutely okay eileen you can go first well first of all to be loving is to be speaking the truth and I don't believe that our culture today embraces it. But I know that, and I don't expect the culture to applaud me for standing up for the truth. But I have to tell the truth because I know the truth, and the truth is the only thing that is going to set people free. Amen. They won't like it. I remember telling my child something. They didn't like it. But they have to know it. And, and they may not like me, but it's okay because I love them and they will one day know that, that I love them and that's why I put that out. I think we are in a battle and I think if we as women are taking care of ourselves, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, all these things we have to do, we can stay in the fight longer. And, and for me, I think exercise is very important because that is one of the things that I do to get my mind just 
relaxed and things out of it because it is intense. It is intense. I grab my husband and we work out. I think nutrition is super important because everything we eat affects our body. What we watch, what we bring into our home, TV, podcasts, all these things, we may say it doesn't affect me. Yes, it does. Everything affects us. And then, you know, um, gosh, my husband and I, because we travel so much together, we, we always are bouncing things off each other. We're talking to each other. We're, we're praying for each other. We're keeping an eye out for each other. So if you have that in your spouse, that is a gift. Protect that. So, okay, I'm going to read a scripture. It's okay. So, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. And to answer your question, Erica, I would say perseverance is very important. So, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3 says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. So discouragement is a big challenge today. And I would answer that with one of those life lessons that Kay Smith shared with me. I learned from Kay Smith, and interestingly, Phil Wickham's mama, Lisa Wickham. She had a very special song at this time. But here's the key, and it, is, it has saved me from so many things in ministry, and that is simply this. Live for an audience of one. Amen. Capital O. Mm -hmm. Live for an audience of one. And if you can do that... You keep Jesus first, all, and remember, all that matters is what the Lord thinks about you in the end. Mm -hmm. That's key, because that gives you courage and boldness, and you see the big picture. Mm -hmm. You're not concerned about social consequences or being canceled or isolated, because you've kept Jesus first. Mm -hmm. You love him, and you love his word. And consider Jesus who carried so much, who was up against so much, and he kept his eyes on the Father. And he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And then he went to the cross for us. And praise God, after his death, burial, he resurrected, showed himself alive, and he ascended to heaven, and he's coming back. He keeps his promises, so God has a big plan, and we're a part of it. And just as Esther was born in a unique time, for such a time as this for her, we have a for such a time as this for us. So I would say be courageous and bold like the heroes of the faith, which this passage speaks about, those who have gone before us that didn't fear death because they knew where they were going. And you and I, when we love Jesus and we keep him first, we know where we're going. And he'll take care of everything else. Amen. Okay, so I always believe that what God has to say is far more important than anything I would have to say. 
So in Second Peter, Second uh, Peter one, five through, let's see, five through seven, it says, and besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness love. So I think that it's neat to think certain things come before certain things and that God continues to work it out. And even though we have salvation, or even though we have salvation and justification, that there's that sanctification part in the middle. So it's kind of that steadfastness and perseverance continuing to walk with the Lord. And then there is one other verse, which was, sorry. Is it Philippians 4, 8? Sorry, guys, I am not it. Okay, Philippians 4, 8, where it talks us, or excuse me, tells us to dwell on that which is good, pure, and lovely. I'll just go from what I know in here and in here. Um, but I think Charlie had said something during the election time, and he said, you know what we can do? We can just be happy. And I was like, be happy. We have to, you know. And I thought, you know, the more I thought about it, the more I chewed on I thought, that's true. I mean, you look around our 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 side. Our team is, we have joy. We have the Holy Spirit in us. And that, you know, Isaiah, is it 26.3? Um, it says, God keeps in perfect peace whose mind is steadfast on the Lord because we trust in him, right? We know that there is a, that the Lord has, that God has spoken this world into existence and that he is good and that he is the author of it all and that he is in control of it all. And our worst case scenarios, we get to go be with Jesus a little bit earlier. You know, that's a pretty great worst case scenario. And so we just need to walk in that steadfastness, that courage, that quiet and gentle spirit that is from the Lord, um, that is so rarely honored. And yet that's what Jesus says, gentle and lowly. It's amazing. So there's that balance of courage, but I think it's just walking with the Lord, but to dwell on. And so it's not, it's okay to be happy or to be sad or to go through lots of different things, but it is that there's a steadfast joy and a perfect peace that is within us when we are walking with the Lord and when our eyes are on him and when we dwell on that which is good, pure, and lovely. And so that's where we um, focus. So I think instead, when we look around, we go, oh my. And then we look up and we go, okay, it's going to be okay. God is in control. He is sovereign. He is good. He loves his kids. No one can be taken from his hand. And so we, we in the end, will be all right if we know and love Jesus and walk with him. Um, and so I think just to dwell on that which is good, pure, and lovely, I think is what helps kind of for myself to reset, to go, God is in control. And I, there is so much goodness and beauty and truth and joy, and God is doing so many great things throughout the land and throughout his people. And so let's dwell on that. So it's not that we have to live in a false reality, but let's look at what God is doing and say, thank you. Thank you so much for the mighty works you continually do in hearts and lives and minds and through art. And he's just such a good, good God. And so let's keep our eyes fixed on the author and founder of our faith who will see us through to the very end till we get to see God and fear God and live for the audience of one where we look him in the eyes and go, I did my best and I love you, you know. Amen. When I spoke about earlier how Charlie and I have been to so many different churches and I was inspired by the husband and the wife when their marriage was so strong and their church was so healthy, I was kind I was curious to know what they did as a couple to make sure that they were always 
in tune with each other spiritually, emotionally, and how they kept their marriage so strong with everything else that was going on around them that was pulling them in multiple directions, but they were just completely bonded with each other. And so something that Charlie and I always do is we honor the Sabbath. That's something very, very important to us. And then we also check in with each other daily of being like, how can I serve you? How can I be there for you? How can I be praying for you? And just like you guys were talking about constant communication with your spouse. So if you guys could all just share, and I think this is the final question. If you guys could all just share how you encourage your husband and how you keep your marriage strong during these times, whether that you have issues with kids or family or external pressures that you have zero control over, how do you stay in connection with your husband on a very deeper level when everything else is pulling you in different directions? Well, that's another very good question, and it, to me it's a priority. So uh, when we said I do, I didn't really understand what I was saying I do to, but God did. And what we did know is that there's no back door. So we've had a lot of challenges, but we have always kept our faith in God and knew that when, even at times we don't even like each other, because that does happen in marriage, right? We're going to be celebrating 35 years this year. So I know, yes, I know. And here's something, both of us come from divorced families. So when, when I and Victor look ahead and go, when we're at the end of our life, we're still going to be holding hands. And my goal is I want to not just love my husband, but I want to like him. So we, everything we do, we do together. I don't even have my own car anymore because he drives me everywhere, and I am just fine with that. I, I think if we look at our life as a journey, we're friends. We're a lot more than friends. Five children, five grandchildren. It's, it's a journey. And we're going to have bumps, and we're going to have divisions. We're going to have things that come against us. But we have learned the battle is not within us. And we learned later that we fight back to back. We don't fight together. And when we do have these conflicts, God has given me the ability to be able to go, Honey, I think this is warfare. Mm -hmm. I think the enemy's trying to get in. One of you have to humble yourself, right? One of us has to humble ourselves and not stay in this position of digging our heels in because that will only exasperate it. So I think staying humble, understanding this is a journey, and you're going to have moments you're going to love, you're not going to love, you're going to like, you're not, but that's okay, right? Because we're human beings. But if we keep our eyes on the Lord and knowing God, you're going to see us through all these turns and you'll make it. You'll make it. Well, um, as I said earlier, we'll be married 37 years. We have four children, six grandchildren, and the priorities that I mentioned earlier were really important, but my husband and I, we held hands and walked into the future, and my husband has called it, it's a lifelong dance. And we both recognize we have unique roles, unique God-given roles within the marriage, and that we respect that of one another. And... I had a, a very godly woman by the name of Barbara Hughes, wife of Kent Hughes, the great Bible commentator um, and teacher, and she very early on really um, taught me that how beautiful the role of a wife is as a helper, and, and that has always stayed with me. 
you know, the Lord, when the disciples were very discouraged and frightened, he was saying he was going to be leaving, but he said, I'm going to be sending you another helper, which speaks of comforter, that they would not be alone and the Lord would come back to them. And the Holy Spirit's ministry is beautiful. And God said in Genesis 2.18, he said, it is not good that man is, is alone. I will make a, a, a helper comparable to him. Not the same as him, but comparable to him. Distinct, different. But the wife's role is that of the Holy, is similar to the work of the Holy Spirit. She's to be a helper to her husband. And Barbara has a beautiful quote she says, the work of the Holy Spirit is beautiful, and a woman is never more regal or lovely than when she is a helper to her husband. So living out the role of a helper to your husband has been very important in life's ups and downs and raising children. I've kept the Lord first, and then my husband second, and then family. I never... I, worked really hard not to flip those because it's easy sometimes women you can make your children very important and you leave your husband out of the picture not a good idea you want to respect the role of your husband as a leader and it was first you two before the lord added so always the the doing things together uh, sharing special um subject matters we love israel we we love we love our family we, we love the lord we love learning and so you, we just were best friends, and we just, we just enjoy every day together. We start our day on our knees in prayer together. We do our Bible time before we let the world in, which is very important. There have been spiritual disciplines, too. And I will say to those of you who, who either don't have believing husbands or know of some who, who also are struggling not having a believing husband, keep following Jesus. Keep him first. Respect the role. Even if you can't respect the man, you can respect the role. And you can live out your faith. And by your godly behavior, you can win him to Christ. And, and like Eileen said, I think that even just letting sometimes quiet can be the, the loudest sound in the room. But there's that respect. So, so that has been key, is coming alongside as helper and respecting. Respecting and building building, speaking words of life, of affection. I love you. I believe in you. I'm here for you. How can I help? Coming alongside is key to a lot of joy as we face life together, knowing you have each other's back. Best friends. Yep. Yes, well, I love what they've said. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Um, and then also that we do get to share a role with the Holy Spirit. And how amazing is that? We, we, we get to share a title with the Holy Spirit of comforter um, and a companion. And um, it's just amazing. So I think the first thing I can think of is the fear of the Lord. The, the Bible talks about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. And as we know, if we are married or have children, uh, we are not fully in control of others' behaviors or desires or actions or anything else. And so um, I think to um, have the fear of the Lord in whatever our actions, our reactions, our hearts, our prayers, um, our walk before the Lord, I think that is, that is what we do have say over. So we do have say over of how we live before the Lord. And if we fear the Lord and if we have, um, you know, if we want to become wise, we are to fear the Lord. And so I think that that to me, 
makes a huge difference in your marriage, in your parenting, in your relationships, in your interactions with everybody is, do you fear the Lord? Um, because we are going to have to. Remember in the younger years of marriage, and let's just say hypothetically, somebody was doing something they weren't supposed to, and then you can have that reaction like, well, then maybe I'll do blank. And it's like, no, 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 no. We have to give an account before the Lord as to what we do, as to what we say, as to what we think. Each and every one of us, no matter what anybody else does, we are responsible before the Lord for what we do and what we say and what we think and how we live. And so to ask God to renew our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, that we could go do the right thing before him. Um, I think that's one of them. I think the other one is the, the standard of the, the, the Bible. Thankfully, I am married to a believer. And so we both have the same basis for truth, the ba same standards, the same so forth. So we can both go back to the word and see what God tells us to do and to just um, strive to live rightly before that. So um, having a husband who was in the military for 20 years um, in special operations, they were gone quite a bit. And so when they were gone, you have to switch roles. And that, or I mean, no, you don't switch roles, but you um, you do things differently as you're doing some of both roles for a while. And then when they come back, you switch roles. You know, you switch into the different, your different responsibilities change. So they, so to, it's, it's interesting because it does, you have to have a certain level of strength when they are gone, uh, and then there's a just, it's just different. So to be able to um, kind of do your best before the Lord and to be able to have that husband who leads, he is to be the provider, the protector. God has given him certain roles. And when we walk in that, when we walk the way God has designed it, it's almost like the, the creator had a plan, and if we do it, it works out well. Um, so I would just encourage each one of us to stay in the word, let's stay before the Lord, let's fear the Lord, let's write his word on our heart that we won't sin against him, and let's um, try to work out our salvation with fear and trembling before him, um, so that no matter what happens, that we can be um, united, because we have the same Holy Spirit, we have the same God, uh, we have the same word, and so to keep that unity, um, I think is just incredibly important. So each one of us to work, walk it out, um, and listen to God, I think will help with that unity altogether. Awesome. Just please give a round of applause to all of our panelists. They've been amazing. Thank you. And thank you also uh, to TP Faith. You guys are phenomenal for helping put this event on and for all of your hard work that your team has done behind the scenes to make this possible. Um, if you guys want to learn more about TP Faith, if you want to learn more about Turning Point Academy, or anything else that we have going on within Turning Point USA. There's booths that are in the exhibit hall area that they have a bunch of people you can talk to. And also I wanna encourage you that there is a pastor summit coming up in San Diego. I believe it's in, is it, what month is it in Stacy? September? So um, please, if you are able to, we'd love to have you guys there for that. Um, but again, just stay encouraged stay focused on the Lord, stay in lockstep with your husband, and just continue to do the amazing stuff that you're doing with your ministry, and continue to battle, continue to build, and just be bold, and rise up, and just stand firm. That's all I gotta say is stand firm, because you got a whole room of women that are here to support you if you ever fall back a little bit, and you're just you know, challenged on some days, we're here for you. So we love you guys. Thank you again so much for being here and taking the time. It, it's an honor and an absolute blessing. So thank you guys so much. Thank you guys.
Thanks for joining us today. I hope that these words encouraged and challenged you and postured your heart for the rest of the week ahead. If you have a minute, go to the subscribe and review section of this podcast and leave us a word or a Bible verse that you've been carrying in your heart throughout the week that keeps you encouraged and motivated. I really want this podcast review space to be an added bookmark for that simple reminder that we're all in this together and that God's got this. Feel free to share this episode with your friends, family, or on social media. And for more information on Proclaim Streetwear and Bible in 365, please click the links below. We're so grateful to have you join us right here every week on Midweek Rise Up.